Well, hello, everybody. Dave Stevens once again coming to you from the Geary Stein and Stevens show. And we have a great show tonight. Uh, fair enough. We're kicking off the hockey season, NHL season 2022-23 kicking off. Uh, so a lot of fans excited because it's early part of the year. So we have an amazing guest for you tonight. But first, I got to bring in my co-hosts because they know a little bit about hockey because they're in Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. I got uh, Troy Geary and, of course, Will Stein. And, uh, guys, uh, hey, we are back in the saddle and we are kicking things off. And I'm I'm really excited about our guest tonight. Yeah, I'm excited about it for our first NHL player, former player. And, uh, with like I said, with the hockey season kicking off here in a couple of weeks, uh, great guest to have. Yeah, and, and I know Will's ready in Minnesota being the state of hockey, anytime we can talk hockey in, in the state of Minnesota, I think. So I'm really looking forward to see what happens with the NHL season this year, too. We'll see. Well, we're going to ask our uh, guest tonight a little bit about the current season and what he's doing. But, of course, uh, this guy, I mean, this is one of our – I'm, I'm excited about our guest tonight. Uh, his uh, legacy as a Washington Capitol – Olaf Kolzig was an all-star, Venzina Trophy winner, uh, just one of the best goalies you've ever seen in the NHL, uh, just made some amazing saves over his career, 303 career wins, he's got the most playoff shutouts, most everything in, in the category of goalie for the team is uh, is is part of this guy, and, and so we are so excited to have Olaf Kolzig taking time from his duties with the Washington Capitals joining us. And Olaf, we're kind of taking a look at uh, some of your career highlights and some of those great saves. So thanks for being a part of the show tonight and uh, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's not, I'm not so sure. Maybe teaching the goalies nowadays to play that way, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as we look at this, I mean, your journey, you come from Johannesburg, South Africa. You make a stop in Canada. You end up in the U.S. You wind up playing for Germany. I mean, your passport's been everywhere. But uh, one thing was consistent was your play behind the net. Yeah, my, uh, my good friend actually uh, gave me the title of Germafricadian. Um, I've got, I'm kind of a, a, a mutt when it comes to nationalities, but, um, yeah, I was fortunate to have a, a, a long, a long career in the NHL. Uh, a lot of that had to do with uh, a team that was very patient, uh, in me, um, the caps, when they drafted me, I'm sure thought I would, uh, become a more of a legitimate goalie, uh, earlier on, but it just took me a little bit of time and. But I think when I once I got my footing, I ended up having a, a very good career. Yeah, well, so take us on that journey. I mean, it, it is such a crazy. So you you end up in Johannesburg, and then you go to Canada. And did you fall in love with the game when you were in Canada? Or I mean, how did that early development take that place? Yeah, so I was born in. My parents were German. They they moved down to, to Johannesburg to uh, to start uh, work and. Uh, they got married, and soon after I came along, we spent another couple of years there. We moved to Copenhagen for a year. Uh, my dad was in the hotel business, um, and then he got transferred to uh, to Edmonton, where he worked uh, for the Weston Hotel brand. Uh, my dad was a big fan of hockey growing up over in Europe, and when we moved to Canada, uh, he just saw fit that maybe he would introduce his son to the game, and that's kind of how I started. Um uh, unfortunately, back then in Edmonton, at a young age, we were playing hockey outdoors. And if anybody knows 
what Edmonton's like. Well, I mean, you guys do. You live in Minnesota, so uh, <laughs> imagine Minnesota in the middle of January, what that's like and playing in outdoor arenas. So um, getting hit by a puck wasn't very fun. Yeah, 1990 or excuse me, 1989 NHL draft was held right here in uh, Minnesota in Bloomington at the Met Center, which is now a Mall of America parking lot, if you didn't know. Um, what was it like uh, that day? I mean, did you know Washington was interested in you? And uh, back then, you know, for people that don't know, there was only 21 picks in the first round. So for you to be picked as a goalie, that was kind of unheard of uh, at the time. I knew they were interested. Uh, they'd interviewed me about three or four times. Um, I also knew they were interested in Byron Defoe, who was the uh, the other goalie uh, that I was uh, competing with. Um, so when they did call my name at 19, uh, I was I was ecstatic. Uh, you know, a few years prior to that, I had really didn't didn't envision myself in getting drafted. And then I, you know, I had a pretty good junior year and uh, started talking with some teams. And, um, and I knew it became serious when Washington talked to me again and. So I was excited and I was doing some uh, some media obligations behind the scenes after I'd gotten drafted. And then I, I hear on the, uh, the PA that, that Byron Defoe got taken in the second round by Washington. So uh, my arch nemesis back in junior was now my arch nemesis in Washington. And um, we didn't get along really well when I we played junior uh, against each other, but um, we became best of friends uh, soon after, which is, which was a little ironic, but, uh, it was a, it was a fabulous, fabulous weekend. Uh, I remember I really enjoyed my time in Minneapolis. Uh, we joke around that the draft was so bad that year that they ended up blowing up the Met Center. Um, <laughs> but now it's a great venue for people to go if they, you know, they need to go, you know, shopping or go to the amusement park or skate in an indoor arena. Will. Describe the honor of competing in two Winter Olympics for Germany and what you remember most about that experience. Well, I'll always say that the Olympics is probably one of my my most memorable experiences. Uh, the first one in uh, Nagano in 98 um, was really the first year I became a number one guy in the NHL. So I, I, had, a lot of, I had a lot of confidence going into those Olympics, even though you know, Germany wasn't really a powerhouse, but um, I, had a, I just remember being in the in the uh, athletes' village and and just being around all these world class athletes. And it didn't matter if if uh, you know you were one of the highest paid guys in the NHL or you were um, you know somebody that was competing in the ski jump. I mean, everybody was equal. They were all world class athletes. I um, got to know so many people. Uh, and then, you know, my second Olympics I missed because I'd, uh, I'd gotten hurt two days prior, and that was the Salt Lake Games. Um, I still ended up going, trying to be part of the team and hoping that after a week I would be able to play, and unfortunately that never happened. Um, but I was fortunate enough to, to, to wait another four years and then get invited to Torino, um, head over to Italy. And, and uh, it's, just, it, it's just something about representing your com uh, country and – and being around these world-class athletes uh, competing at the highest level, uh, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. And I mean, you know, you look at the history of the Olympics dating way, way back, um, you know, back in the, in the, with these, uh, in the, when the Greek Olympics first started, um, you just can't help but just sit back in awe and, and you know, um, 
it was great telling my, my my kids when they were old enough to tell them that that their dad had played in two Olympics. They were pretty awestruck. Well, uh, the nickname Oli the goalie. When when did that kind of jump into your life? And I mean, it sounds like it should have been a, a great cartoon character with a, a cool kid that saves you know people. This amazing goalie. So what's what's the background behind that that nickname? So what happened when I was playing minor hockey, and it just kind of you know, my real name is Olaf, and um, it just, over the years, uh, kids started calling me Oli, and um, and then I think at one hockey tournament, one of the parents just came up with the name Oli the goalie, and I mean, it, it took a little while for it to, to you know, to actually, you know, it, it took longer than it should have, because I was a goalie for a few years before somebody came up with that, and um, anyway, they, they came up with it, and it kind of stuck, but um, you know, the other nickname that I, that I, I'd gotten happened when I was a pro, um, Godzilla, I, I, I got, uh, I got loaned out to Rochester, the American league. And if anybody that knows me, I, I played with a lot of emotion. I wore my, you know, I wore my emotions on my sleeve. Um, you know, if things didn't go well, I, you know, I had the tendency to break a stick here or there, take a few, you know, take a penalty here and there. Um, so I was in Rochester and, uh, after a few games, I, I was playing well. The team was winning, and I remember coming on the ice, and somebody had somebody had a uh, a, uh, a card that said uh, uh, "Nobody beats Godzilla," and you know it just stuck since then. I shortened it to to Zilla, and I had that on my mask, and I had a few renditions um, of the paint job I wanted for my mask before I finally settled on the final design, and and uh, I'd like to think it was ended up being kind of an iconic mask yeah it really was and uh we are going down some great memory lane with the legend only the goalie olaf kolzig and uh we're going to continue it but uh we got to of course talk about uh some things that keeps us on the air so we'll be back with only the goalie in in just a minute but first i wanted to talk a little bit about uh, this amazing new product that we have the privilege of having uh, now sponsor us and it's uh this, this is a, a drink that's going to change your life. Uh, you take away all the stuff that you have to do, the preservatives and things that you're taking on a daily basis. You take Athletic Greens or AG1, and it's so easy to use. In fact, I take like uh, frozen fruit, and I mix with it, and it works real well as far as blending it and, and putting it together, and then you drink it. In fact, uh, I don't even know where I set my drink here, but I've, I've got it right here, and it... Uh, it tastes great so it's very easy to put together and like i said you're going to want to use this and if you support us like everybody has been and we've got some amazing fans out there the make it easy athletic greens has said hey we'll give you one year supply of vitamin d five free travel packs and all kinds of stuff to help you supplement so just go to athleticgreens.com backslash gss and you type in that code and of course you get Great discount and all the good things and the perks that you get from our channel. So continue to follow us, continue to support us. We'll be back right after this. 
Hi, everybody. Dave Stevens from the Geary Stein and Stevens Show. And you know what? The Arizona Cardinals take their turf outside in the middle of the week to make sure the sun gets to it. But we don't have that luxury for what we have down below. That's why we need to use the amazing Manscaped products like this Crop Preserver. I put it on my face, I put it down below, and I smell great. And, of course, you know what? you got to follow up that with a Crop Reviver. You've got to use the Manscaped 4.0 and, of course, the Weed Whacker. The Manscaped products are great. I use them everywhere. I go. My friends keep asking me, how can we get them? Well, if you type in the code GSS Show, you save 20% on all of the Manscaped products. They're great for everyone, and to quote Frank Thomas, she'll like it too. Well, we got out of that. I think we're still here. We apologize for that. Uh, Troy, have we got everybody still? Troy, are you there? Is everybody there? Hello? Hello, hello, hello? All right, I'm going to... I'm going to end recording and start, and we'll just have two breaks, okay? We'll put the show together in two things. You guys there? Yeah, we're here. Okay. You had us yep. muted there. We apologize to our listeners and viewers. You're all staring at your podcasts. We've got ghosts and goblins tonight. I uh, Hopefully you saw the Manscaped commercial. I don't know if it ended, but we've got these great products here. I know, Troy, you've been using the shampoos and, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I just uh, I can't talk enough about what these do for me. In fact, I uh, took away the beard tonight and used all the Manscaped products to look good and feel good. And, of course, we didn't get to talk real quick, uh, but about AG1, Troy, I know you're taking it. Will, what's it been like for you guys to take this stuff? So yesterday before I went tailgate, I knew I needed to be full of energy all night, so... I had one and it gave me energy throughout the day for tailgating before the football game. And then it just let me feel like I was on a cloud in the sky or something. Yes, and it tastes good, it looks good, and it's uh, pretty easy to do. So thanks again for our new sponsors, AG1. But let's get back to the show and our technical difficulties. Uh, Olaf is uh, joining us uh, fresh from the practice. The NHL season starts uh, this week. We don't want to say they win because then you'll know we take this on Monday. But, uh, oh, I just gave it away. But, uh, uh, Olaf, I, I wanted to bring up something, too, that uh, we don't get to talk about a lot as far as how goalies are. But I'm not sure if you remember uh, back in your minor league days, this uh, little gem that I was able to uncover of uh, you clearing the puck, length of the ice, and there's a goal. A goal for goalie for only the goalie. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, that was uh, not sure what date in November, but that was November of nineteen ninety. Um, sorry, November of eighty nine, and I uh, I just came back from my stint with Washington and uh, hadn't been been playing very well. Um, and this was kind of my breakout game when I got home. 
Um, actually, I think I, I in my, I guess I had a Gordy Howe hat trick. I had a, I had a, a goal assist and a, and a penalty. It wasn't a fight, but it was a penalty. <laughs> the goalie standpoint, I had a Gordy Howe. But yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, the guys cleared the bench, and uh, I mean, I'd like to say that I elevated it above everybody's head, but. I literally was three feet off the ice. I remember one of my players had to actually lift his leg to let it go by. But uh, obviously, it was the first guy in Western League history to do it at the time. I think there's been a bunch more since then. But uh, the guy's clearing the bench, and uh, you know it was a packed building. I think I ended up being on George Michael's Sports Machine the next the next night. And oh, you're dating it now. <laughs> one of the few highlights of my season that year. And hey. 17 career assists, too. I mean, that's not too shabby. I mean, you were always looking to move that puck and get it out. So a real quick story, yeah. Um, I used to play the puck quite a bit, and um, I got a call from from Jack Button the next day, who was our director of player personnel in Washington, and um, he was talking to me, and he's like, uh, so I heard you had a pretty special night last night, and I'm, I was just gloating. I said, oh, Jack was unbelievable. He had a goal and assist and a penalty, and – and all this stuff, and the guys cleared the bench, and and he's just sitting there listening, and uh, he's like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. He's like, well, last time I checked, we drafted you to stop the puck, and you have not been doing that good of a job of that. So I suggest you maybe stay in your net. So I don't think I went back out and handled the puck the rest of the season. So it took me a couple of years to finally to uh, be adventurous enough to get back out there and handle the puck. But I was – you know, I'm not as good as the guys that are that, that, that they are nowadays, but back then, I mean, I looked up to Ron Hextall and – uh, modeled my game a little bit after his. Obviously, both had pretty pretty bad tempers and big guys. And uh, you know, I like to handle the puck. And uh, yeah, so it's it was a big part for me. I wanted to help protect our defensemen. And um, so yeah, I think you know, seventeen of them are probably. I, I would probably say ten of those were to Ovi, who I just touched the puck for, and he skated all the way down and ended up scoring. So it wasn't like I made. Tape to tape pass down the ice. From time to time, we uh, ask our listeners uh, to submit a question, and I have uh, one from uh, Guy in Duluth, Minnesota, where I'm I'm really outside of here. And uh, you're you're a development coach now with the Washington Capitals. For those that don't know, and you have a uh, a guy there that's from this area, Hunter Shepard. Uh, can you talk about his development, and um, do you see him uh, in the future uh, being a starter in the NHL? Uh, starter in the NHL. I mean, that's still, he's just only a second year pro, but, um, you know, uh, Hunter is, he's not the prettiest goalie when you're watching him play. Um, but man, is he competitive and he gets the job done. He, uh, he competes in there like, like, you know, somebody I've never seen before. He, you know, there's a reason why he's won two NCAA championships and, um, you know, this short stint with us in Hershey last year, you know, he won his games. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna remain in Hershey this year, um, and then it's just a matter of you know how he progressed. Like last year, he was on the coast, um, and and had some success there. Like I said, a short time that he was in Hershey, he played well for us. Uh, he's gonna have a bigger role for us this year, um, and we'll see how he progresses. But uh, if he content continues with his trend, I mean, um, you know, he got a little preseason action against Buffalo um, in training camp, and uh, um, but he's. Uh, He's not a man of many words, but boy, he is—he uh, speaks more with his actions than he does with, with his mouth. 
So you're the co-owner of the Tri-City Americans of the Western Hockey League with one of your former teammates, Stu Barnes. How did that become a reality? So I was a kind of a silent owner. By I mean, that's obvious. I, I, that's, I started with the Tri-City Americans. We moved from New Westminster back in 88, and I played a couple of years there, and I ended up calling Tri-City's home. I met my wife there. Obviously became great friends with Stu. Stu met his wife there. And so over the years, we, you know, we, we were part of the alumni and, and, you know, we had some successful years in the NHL and we talked about, you know, maybe someday owning the team. And um, I was approached by the previous ownership group about, you know, becoming a silent partner, helping out more so with the, the marketing and, and um, you know, being a local guy and, 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 but I didn't back in the day. I didn't, or back at the time, I didn't realize they had some underlying um, uh, reasonings for for buying the team. They wanted to prove to the league that it couldn't work, and um, which would have gave them the the you know the right to move the team, which is what they wanted to do. And unfortunately, they didn't seek approval from the rest of uh, the teams in our division, and, and the U.S. teams weren't going to let it go. So uh, I ended up talking with Stu and. And we we've gotten Bob Torrey, who was the GM at the time, and, and another local businessman involved, and and so we approached the league about keeping the team. And anyway, back and forth, back and forth, it went. And they they were gonna they were gonna grant us an expansion team, which is not what we wanted because, you know, we have an expansion team. The team that's there is moving, and they're gonna take all the records with them, and and that's the records that Stu and I have, you know, part of that part of that franchise. So. Um, Long story short, they ended up giving us the team and granting that other group of uh, uh, a uh, expansion franchise, which they ran into the ground about four or five years later. And so um, that's how it happened. That was in 05, and uh, we've had it ever since. I mean, we've had some had a, some fantastic years. We we ended up, you know, we've gone to the finals a couple times. Uh, we've had a streak of uh, 100 point seasons. Um, you know, right now we're in the in the in the process of rebuilding, so we'll probably be another year or two before we're relevant again. But uh, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, and now the fact that Stu is behind the bench coaching is uh, makes it even more fun. Olaf, uh, I know you've gotten uh, all kinds of medals and trophies and things uh, along the way, uh, but I'm wondering if you have any special, you know, memorabilia, including I don't know, maybe something along the lines of. Uh, let's see right here. Uh, this was, uh, where are we at? I'm trying to find it. There we go. I'm trying to find the graphics here. Uh, this amazing starting lineup, uh, goalie. I don't know if you saw that back in the day and if you thought it looked like you, a lot of times people, uh, don't think their toys look like them, but I was able to find this on Amazon. Um, and I'm just wondering, uh, you know, if you ever got to have, you know, the benefits of being in the players association for all the money that must've come in from this toy. Well, I didn't receive any money from the toy, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I do have a few of those in the storage unit somewhere. But uh, you know, incredibly, the, the like the likeliness or the likeness was was pretty spot on. Uh, you know, yeah, eight I've seen some real bad ones. Forehead and uh, big nose, and yeah, they're they're pretty spot on with it. So, Will, in two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen, you won your first Stanley Cup as a member of the coaching staff. What was that feeling like knowing that you played a part of it? And did you get a ring? And if you do, do you wear it often? So uh, when we won it, um, 
yeah, I obviously would have wished to have won it as a player. And unfortunately we lost in the finals to Detroit in, in 98 and that's the closest I've ever come to doing it. But, um, you know, even winning it as part of the management staff was, was every bit as fulfilling. I mean, we got to be around the players. We had, we had our own private parties as a group. I had a day with the Stanley cup, um, got my name on it. Um, what'd you, know, you do with it that day? What was your day like? It was actually a pretty busy day. I, I picked uh, I picked the guy up at the airport at six in the morning, and and we went and I took it to a few local businesses where we raised some money uh, for charities. I took it to the uh, Responding to Autism Center where um, we had a, a number of, of kids take their picture with it, um, and then I I, I took it home for a couple hours and just had close friends and and relatives come by, and then we spent a happy hour. With, happy hour at home. And then I took it to the country club and I'd be, I was really, I'd become really good friends with a bunch of the wineries in town. And, and so, um, I got in touch with one of the wineries, Gordon estate, uh, Gordon brothers estate winery, and they produced, um, a, uh, a bottle for me. It was called champions blend. And we, uh, we used their tradition wine, which is their high end wine. We pour it in the Stanley Cup, and then we would we would funnel it into these pre-made bottles, um, real nice glass bottles, and they had um, they had the wax top to them. And then that night uh, at the Country Club, we had a um, you know uh, private well not a private dinner, it was a fundraising dinner, so you had to buy tickets to come, and and we auctioned some of those bottles off, and I think we we probably came close to raising forty thousand dollars that night for charity, and. Um, but it was it was just a, I mean I I didn't want to let it go when it was time for it to leave at midnight. Um, it was just you can see why guys want to win it again and again. It's just addictive and 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 just reading all the names on the inside, knowing the history of it, and every and all the other players and coaches and and, and GMs that have touched that cup. It, it's just it's just something about it. It was just so special. And that's uh, what this show is all about, trying to find out those special moments. Uh, when we come back, we'll head into the third period of today's show. But first, of course, we've got to thank all of the people that help us and are a part of uh, our show. And again, the viewers out there, all of you on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and all of the other things. But of course, we have products that we have to let you know about, and that would include fresh, clean threads. If you'd like 20% off the comfiest, nicest clothes, and my son just bought two orders of them. Uh, they've got Henleys and pullovers, pullovers, T-shirts, great things. Everybody deserves to look good. If you go to the website, you find it, you type in the GSS show code, you get 20% off for freshcleanthreads.com. Make sure you use that special code because it gets you all kinds of great savings and speaking of great savings hi again everybody dave stevens here for manscaped and you know i've been in baseball for almost 40 years despite not having legs and i know what it takes to put in a good turf and that's what manscaped is all about what manscaped does is protects your boys down below cleans them up gives them that fresh cut feeling and also you don't smell like a locker room after and right now, Manscaped is offering the Performance Package 4.0. It's arrived and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear, Nose, and Hair trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all the goodies. 
So right now, if you'd like to save on Manscaped products, go to manscaped.com, type in the code GSSSHOW, and you will save 20% on Manscaped products because Manscaped really works, and of course, you want your balls to feel as light as air. To feel as light as air. All right. Thanks again to Manscaped for being such a great supporter of our show and, of course, Fresh Clean Threads. And, yeah, I'm wearing my Wickenburg shirt because I'm still in that vacation mode. But uh, we're wrapping up our time with uh, the All-Star, the Venzina Trophy winner. I mean, it it is just an honor to have you on our show tonight. But uh, I wanted to talk about what you've done away from the ice. Uh, You've done some pretty amazing things that uh, you've been honored for. You've got the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, and I know – very near and dear as to what I do with the disabled world is uh, your son was was born with autism. And unlike parents uh, who have dreams and aspirations of them following their footsteps and things like that, uh, you had to take a different course as a parent. And if you could just talk about what that battle has been like and also uh, the champion of the cause that you've done to really raise, raise awareness for autism. Yeah, so uh, in um, it was March of March of 2002 uh my my wife i was on the road in buffalo and my wife had taken my son to his 15 month appointment and um the the pediatrician at the time you know knew or saw some things that that didn't look right and you know come to find out um you know he was very well educated in autism in the world of autism and so um at the end of the appointment you know he obviously had some bad news to tell my wife and um he suggested that we go to the national children's medical center in DC and get a formal diagnosis of autism. And, um, you know, when I, when I, when she called me, I, it was all I could do to console her. And, and it just kind of, it just was kind of surreal, you know, back then in, 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 in the, uh, in the early two thousands, um, you know, it was one in one in 1000 kids or one in 1500 kids that were, were getting diagnosed with autism. And, and all I thought of was the movie Rain Man, and uh, um, you know, and 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 so it took it took a little while for everything to sink in, and and fortunately, um, I had some ex team. Well, Stu Barnes was one of them, but his ex teammate was Scott Mellenby, and and Scott had a had a son Carter who who was autistic, and so he put me in touch with Scott, and and um, you know, it was a sobering conversation I had with him. Told me, you know, he's not going to sugarcoat. He's not going to lie to me. It's going to be the hardest. It's going to be the hardest uh, time of your life, um, but it could also be the most fulfilling time of your life. And um, and so after I had the conversation, uh, you know, I buckled up my 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 bootstrings and, and started getting to work on trying to, you know, figure out what what we need to get for our son. And and the the, the first part of the nightmare obviously is getting the diagnosis, but the second part is trying to figure out what you need to do. Um, and I, I always use this analogy. The, the only thing is one's life threatening and the other isn't. But when you when you find out you have cancer, there's already a preset, uh, you know, uh, regiment for what for what you're going to do. Um, and so it's not uh, it's just not I mean, obviously, getting the diagnosis is, is, is enough, but at least, you know, you're already guided in the right way on, on how to treat it and, and, and try to overcome it. Well, um, but with autism, that's not the case because there's so much out there, especially when you get on the internet, there's so much out there and, 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 and different combinations work for each individual child. So, uh, it, it took us a little while, but fortunately, I was fortunate at the time because we did have access to some, some really good resources in the DC area that kind of put us on the right track. And, uh, and we were able to get 
my son the intervention he needed at that young an age because you find out that the first five years are the most pivotal for for brain development and that if you can get the the interventions going you have a way to retrain the brain you're not going to cure it but you have a way to retrain the brain which in in, in essence will give the you know the the, the child a, um, a better road to a, a not a normal life but a, a i guess a better life a more typical life and so um my son is my son is high functioning um you're right though all the dreams that i had you know when you do have a son about you know following your dad's footsteps and playing hockey or you know going to learn to play golf and you know they they weren't necessarily there but um he's done so many other wonderful things in his life that that's made me so proud and 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 you know he's become a really good artist um, he's a wonderful storyteller uh, has a real imagination and puts these stories together um, he's got such a dry sense of humor They're, you know everybody he's around he just makes them laugh and um, and so yeah I miss out on on my son becoming the next Ole Kolzig but um, he's the he's the one and only Carson Kolzig and he is um, it just makes me smile every time I see him that's that's, that's awesome and uh, you know my best friend Jeff his uh, his son has autism and uh, to just see what the challenges are and again, there's so much uh, still unknown and there's been better developments, but it's almost like you it's a different flight plan for every child when you're trying to overcome what it is, because we we still don't you know, know everything and all the aspects to get the best out of what we can learn and, and how to develop them. So God bless you. And so tell us the, the foundation and everything that you guys started. Yeah, so uh, my wife and I started a local foundation uh, in the Northwest area called the Carson Kolzik Foundation. And, and um, you know, our, our, main, our main goal is to, uh, to raise money for the um, Responding to Autism Center, which is a, a center in town that, uh, like I told you earlier when, when we got the diagnosis, how hard it was for us to get the right resources and, and guided in the right area. And so um, we, uh, we got together with the lady, Christine Lindgren, um, and through our foundation, she was able to, to start the, the uh, Responding to Autism Center. And it's a, it's a, it's a place where you can come in, you can get uh, evaluated um, two times a month. There's a specialist there that, that can give the diagnosis. Um, we have uh, resources on, 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 or we have the, uh, all the resources um, that we can guide you to. Um, we've got, we've gotten now to the point where those kids were, when Carson was diagnosed at three or 15 months, um, all those kids that we started seeing at the uh, Responding Autism Center are now adults. And so now we've started to do job placement training. Um, we're retreat, we retrain these kids or young adults now to, to be able to go out and be productive in the, in the workplace. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's been a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of, obviously a lot of tears when we were, when we were younger, but now it's 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 paying off and um we're able to to help other families that unfortunately you know have to have to deal with this but you know they know that they're not alone and um uh like i told you before the the, the number was one in one thousand fifteen hundred back in, in in 2001 and now it's you know one in 68 so uh, they're they're diagnosing it better um hopefully there's you know it's, it's not a case of, of more kids um being susceptible to getting it. Hopefully it's just a case of them being to diagnose it better. But because of that, the awareness has become a lot, uh, a lot better. I mean, it's on CNN, seems like every week, Time Magazine seems to have an article on it all the time. And so, um, 
you know, when people think of autism now, I don't think they think of it as Rain Man anymore. They, they, uh, a lot of people are pretty educated about it. Well, I want to personally thank you for all the things you've done uh, in the past and you're currently doing with the foundation. Uh, like I was telling you earlier, my daughter's on the spectrum. So uh, today's her 16th birthday. So uh, I just wanted to like personally thank you for doing that. Um, you were part of a select group of goalies that have won 300 games. What does that accomplishment mean to you? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, yeah, obviously it's, it, it, because of the longevity I had with the organization, I, I don't know, I'd be quite honest with you. I don't know if that would have happened if, if it was today's game with the salary cap and, 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 and teams aren't quite as patient with their players. Um, I don't think there'd be teams out there right now that would have waited as long as they did for me. Um, but regardless, I still, you know, I still fended off all, all the young kids that wanted to come up and take my job and, and, and stayed fairly healthy and, and was, you know, was able to play over 700 games. And, um, you know, it was unfortunate we had a stretch near the end of my time in Washington where we went through a total rebuild. So there was like a three or four year stretch where we didn't win a whole lot of hockey games. So, um, you know, had we have been competitive throughout that whole time, hopefully it could have been pushing more towards 400. But um, regardless, I'm still, I'm still, uh, you know, honored to be in that, in that group and, and very fortunate to have played as long as I did. And, and now being able to stay with the organization and help in player development and, and guide, uh, guide the future caps into you know, hopefully trying to break the records that we established, uh, when we played. Okay. I got to throw this out there. Uh, I mean, what the heck does it take to get into the hockey hall of fame? Like I, I'm, I'm like, what, how have that, how has that phone not rang for you yet? Uh, I, you know what, the, the, the criteria for that is, is, is pretty, it's pretty high. And, and, um, you know, that's not for me to decide or, and, 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 and if I do great, if I don't great, I have, like I said, I've had a great career. I don't lose sleep over it. Um, it would be a huge honor. Um, but it's not something I foresee or, or expect. Um, so for me, it would be a pleasant surprise, but, um, there's been so many great hockey players out there and obviously they only put a few, a few in every year. And, um, um, uh, so it's not, again, I don't, uh, it's not going to make or break my career or make or break the rest of my life. Um, like I said, I was fortunate and uh, I have got zero to complain about. I have one last question for you. The Capitals haven't issued your number 37 since you retired. Can you talk about that honor and one day, uh, hopefully soon that uh, they raise your number to the rafters? Again, I mean, it's, it would be an honor. I've got no control of that. Um, the fact that, uh, that nobody's, Worn the number since I retired, I think speaks a lot about um, about the respect they had for me, the training staff. Um, but uh, again, uh, there's been a, there's a few other players that deserve to be up in the rafters as well. Um, but uh, again, it's if it happens, great. If not, like I said, I uh, I had a great career and um, I was fortunate, and it would be a pleasant surprise if it happened. Well, we can't ask you your picks in the NHL this year because that would be a sort of, uh, you know, you've got to go with your own guys. But, uh, you know, you could be a part of some amazing history. Uh, I mean, if if your former teammate inches closer and closer, I mean, is that a realistic shot for him to surpass the great one? I think so. I think so. I think as long as, you know, he's he's this year he came in as good a shape as I've ever seen him. Um, his the, the passion still burns. Um, I think as long as he's got the guys that he's playing with feeding them the puck, uh, you know, he's going to slow down a little bit. That's just, 
it just comes with age. But I don't think that shot is ever going to disappear. And if if he's got John Carlson and Nick Backstrom and and Evgeny Kuznetsov and T.J. Oshie feeding him the puck on the power play, I think uh, you know I think he did a, he he went a long way uh, last year in in really digging into that uh, by scoring 50 goals. Um, so I think he's got to average 26 or something like that the rest of the way now for for the remainder of his contract, and I, I don't see any reason why he can't do it. And, and what can you, what can you as a coach, can you teach these new goalies that old goalies knew that the new goalies don't know this in this day and age? You know, for me, I still have a little bit of an old school mindset. I think the goalies nowadays are a little bit too robotic. I don't think they're they play instinctually enough. Um, so I, I, I'd like to tell the goalies to play a little bit more with instinct. Um, yes, you need your you need uh, your foundation and um, you need to be solid and all that. Uh, in the, but at the same time, I don't want you to be just automatic. I mean, I want you to read and react to plays and um, and, and obviously, you know, you need to stay in shape. I think uh, with how fast the game is and and, and it, with being so east and west now, you need to be strong and um, I mean the conditioning has got to be off the charts and and also to prevent injury I mean it's a, it's a huge thing um, you know if you look at a guy like Vasilevsky how how uh, healthy he's 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 remained here these last four or five years and there's no accident why the Tampa Bay Lightning are again one of the favorites this year and why they've won you know two Stanley Cups and and, and three three finals in a row I just have a quick follow-up question on the Vetchkin. Watching it on TV, we all see it. He sits over there in the left slot, you know, uh, on the power play. Why are people still just not giving him respect and just letting him shoot those uh, blasts right up in the corner? You got me. Um, I, I think part of it has to do with the rest of the guys that are on, on that power play, to be honest with you. I mean, we've got threats from everywhere. I mean, you can go stand next to Ovechkin, and then it's a four-on-three in the rest of the zone, and then you've got – like I said, Backstrom, Carlson, Wilson, Kuznetsov, Oshie, um, you just go down the list. Um, so, you know, I think they like to try to play the odds and hopefully, you know, the goalie reads the play well and, and, and makes that save. But there are a few teams that do do that. They do shadow them, um, but then somebody else ends up putting the puck in the net. So um, you can't change everything just for one guy. I know how lethal he is, but again, uh, I think it's a more of a respect for the rest of the guys that are on that on that power play. Olaf, before we let you go, give us a couple of names that you just hated getting into that crease. You know they were going to just be relentless on you. Name, Give a couple of those guys. Uh, I mean, Mario Lemieux was probably the, the toughest guy I played against. Had he have stayed healthy, I would have loved to see what kind of what kind of numbers he would have put up. Um, and, again, they, he played for Pittsburgh, so I, we hate, we automatically hate the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's why Yarimer Yager's up there too. Um, <laughs> you know, Rod Brindamore. Uh, uh, Ronnie Francis, they all had success for different reasons. They they were they were guys that would just stay in front of the net, take a beating, and a, a either tip the puck in or just find the rebound and put it in. So um, uh, they were they were always tough to play against. Um, unfortunately, I didn't play against Gretz a lot. He was in the in the Western Conference most of the time, and then when he was in New York uh, near the end of his career, he wasn't the same player that he was. He was still a great player, but he wasn't the same player. So. Um, God, uh, uh, Alexei Kovalev, probably the most underrated, in my opinion. I thought was one of the top three players I'd ever played against, talent-wise. Um, uh, you know, and the, those are the guys that I probably played against the most. There's a lot of them, and 
and with me getting older, my, my memory's not quite as good as it used to be, but uh, those guys for sure gave me probably more fits than anybody. And how about Vetchkin, your own teammate? Did you hate practicing with him? Uh, you know what? When Ovi was – I was more of a big brother to Ovi, so, you know, when little brother starts pissing big brother off, <laughs> you know, little brother seems to listen every once in a while. So he, he was pretty good with me. But the one year that I did um, – I was playing in Tampa, we did play Washington, and and he did manage to get one by me, which which still hurts me. And it wasn't even a great goal. Like, I think he just – he crashed the net. I made the save and he hit his body and went in the net. So it wasn't like he beat me with a one-timer, but um, yeah, I, I, am honored that I gave him at least one goal that hopefully, you know, con- contributes to this record breaking uh, run he's on. That's like giving up a home run to pool host. You hate it at the time, but you get to look back and go, ah, you know, I, I contributed to that. So. And at least I won't be the guy that gave up the winning one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, Olaf, thank you so much. Best of luck this season. Uh, Will and Troy, anything you want to say before we head out? I'm just uh, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, we had a great time, and I look forward to uh, watching some uh, NHL this season. As do I. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for taking the time to speak to us. Every time I think of Olaf, I think of that frozen snowman from the movie Frozen. So yeah, and I do I do tell people I like warm hugs when I do tell them my name. So that's great. <laughs> that's probably the best thing that happened for me as far as being named Olaf was frozen coming out. Well, thank you for being a part of our show, Gear, uh, Gary Stein and Stevens. And uh, again, we also want to thank our sponsors, of course, uh, the wonderful folks from Fresh Clean Threads, 20% off GSS show code, same for Manscaped, Pro Stance, AG1, of course. Troy, are you drinking your stuff? Make sure you're taking these every day because I'm starting to feel good, man. I'm starting to feel real good. But, again, thank you to everybody for your support and your love. Continue to follow us on all social media platforms. And, hey, who knows where we're going to show up with some of another amazing guests. You've been watching Geary, Stein, and Stevens. Everybody, have a great day, great night, wherever you're listening. Take care.